0: Hi, everyone. It's Joanna Hakimi from Life Changers, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we have Debbie Marks joining us. She is a health and wellness educator and yoga and meditation teacher. Welcome, Debbie.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm so happy you're here. Tell us a little bit more about what
1: you do. Tell me what the health and wellness education means? My background is in public health education. So that's what I studied in graduate school. And that's what I spend a lot of time doing many years before I ever even got into yoga. I work for nonprofit organizations, for hospitals, focusing on different elements of health. So at one point I worked for a nonprofit organization where I directed community programs that had to really go across the board, all different things having to do with health. So, Mm -hmm. um, prenatal health, working in violence prevention, which people don't usually think about as a uh, issue, Um, but definitely in the communities that I was working with, uh, it was something that we needed to touch upon puberty, education, HIV, AIDS, um, all sorts of things. And then I landed in asthma, which is something I never expected to do.
0: Really? Um, That's so yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah but it was actually a really nice way to kind of end. And then years later, getting back into yoga with breath. Yes, uh, absolutely. It was almost like a natural progression. So
0: that's so fascinating. I actually have asthma myself. Yes. And definitely breath work, you know, in my, my yoga practice has certainly helped because when you have asthma or you're having an asthma attack and then the anxiety ramps up. So learning how to use your breath to bring it back down and use it for the benefit versus kind of activating it even more. Right. So tell us then when you found yoga and meditation and how you've married the two together.
1: Uh, Well, yoga came into my life maybe... 11, 12 years ago, I had my first baby. She was almost a year old and I'd always wanted to try yoga. I'd heard a lot about it. I had some friends who did it, but it, it almost was like a, an intimidating step walking into a yoga studio for the first time when you don't know anything that's going on and all these people are doing all sorts of crazy things and you're like, I'm just gonna sit here on my mat and just pretend I know what's going on. Right. Um, so I remember that fear of taking that first step um, but I did it around, you know, my baby's sleep schedule, not that much sleep at all. But trying to work with her to kind of see, can I, can I get an hour class in? I, you know, I think everyone who's into yoga still remembers their first teacher and their first practice. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think it was intimidating, like it, like it is for, for many people. But then it once you get into it, it almost becomes addictive, which I think a lot of people can also relate to is you're, you, you start to feel like you see the progression, you see yourself improving and getting a little bit further and knowing a little bit more, almost like you're, you're starting to master something. Yeah. So you, you know, you're excited, you're excited yeah. to see what's going to happen next. And then oftentimes there's this plateau where you, you're like, I, I just, I don't see myself pushing anymore. And then you kind of back away. I need a break from yoga. So I think I had that relationship with yoga for a while, where it was this, you know, go, 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 then slow it down. I need a break and then come back into it. Yes. Um,
0: Yeah. I relate to that very much. I mean, I remember when I found yoga the second time, really, it was both the physical and the spiritual practice. And sometimes I would get on my mat for the physical and sometimes I would only want the spiritual and it really wouldn't be as much the physical but I do remember in one position um pose in particular when all of a sudden like your stretch goes a little further and I was like oh I'm doing this like you know all of a sudden my head is hitting the ground or something like in a way that it wasn't yeah. before and it was like oh I'm getting a little more flexible than I thought I could certainly there is this kind of wanting to do better and wanting
1: to do more not better but improve like it gets you back there it gets you back there well, I think you surprise yourself. Like, you know, I, this is something I didn't think I was going to do, or, you know, and that always, no matter what you're doing, um, that feels good. That gives you that boost of confidence, like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this. Right. So, so then what drew you into actually wanting to do the teacher trainings that you did to take it that much further? So I had no intention really of becoming a yoga teacher. I'd often, you know, whenever I'd see a sign for, Oh do a teacher training I always thought oh wouldn't that be interesting mm-hmm. but then I kept having children and I was <laughs> I always had a baby in my arm or right, I was right. someone so there was I, I never really carved out that time for myself that's the truth is even though it was intriguing I always thought well how can I how can I make time for me I, I, that's really not something accessible right now um, and when I finally did it it was because my instructor came to me and said you know I I think this is something you might like to do Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't know if I can commit to that. I was kind of scared of it. Well, how What do I have to learn? I I don't right. know. And I didn't decide until 10 p.m. the night before it started. And really? I called yeah. my instructor and I was like, is it too late to do it? <laughs> and she was like, no, it's not too late. And that's generally how I do things. I'm a procrastinator. Right. I yeah. would do a lot like it. Yeah. Uh so really Yeah. Really- I, I d- decided last minute and I dove into it and it was, my first training was in over eight months mm-hmm. and it was life-changing in so many ways. It was, it really, it changed my life. And I'm so grateful every day for that experience and for the people who are around me at that time.
0: Yes. Yes. Me too. And then marries so well with your health and wellness education background that of course they come together. And yeah. I, I know one of your passions is prevention. Can you can you tell us a little bit more with, about what that means to you?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the first time that anything that I, I really had any concept of, oh, this is something is, mm-hmm. um, you well, I, I guess I should start by saying I grew up in a family where my father was a physician mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of surrounded by physicians. That was mm-hmm. something typical of my community, but um, I, I could see what, you know, how much my dad was giving that he was always on call. He was never home. And he had really dedicated his life to this. Mm -hmm. And when I was in college, actually, I was a senior in college and all throughout college, I was leaning more towards therapy. It's kind of where I'd kind of fall. I studied uh, human development. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was a senior, it was the first time I took a health education class. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Right. And I remember feeling so fired up inside, even in these huge lectures of 500 people, right. when the professor would start, you know, talking about the medical system and this and that, and she would criticize it. And I'd seen it from a very different side, a different angle. But, right. Yeah, for sure. And I remember feeling that like, oh my God, like I was going to explode. Like I needed yes. to. Um, yes. And, and I did, and I, I felt like even among, you know, in this huge lecture hall with all these people, I felt like I needed to stand up. I needed to, to speak more. I needed to learn more about yes. what, what there, what I didn't know, the pieces I didn't know and the pieces I did and kind of figure out what the whole picture was. And it really opened my eyes to the concept that we get, you know, we get so much in Western medicine and we're so lucky that we have access to yes. really good healthcare and medication and, and things that are, you know, that that we need to survive. But there there are things that we don't get and our, our you know, medical students and our medical schools, they don't learn about. And this right. could be, I'm not necessarily even talking about, you know, holistic medicine. I'm talking about nutrition, you right. know, how many right. doctors- right. Have a background in nutrition, and you think about how many diseases are caused by the the poor treatment of our bodies. That being, like the basic being the food yes. that we consume. Yes. You know, and you know they say, "Your know, food being your food being medicine." Yes. Why don't our doctors know more about food? Why are they giving us medication after we're already sick? What can we do to prevent ourselves from getting to this point of needing to put a Band-Aid on, needing to do surgery? And sometimes we need to, and we're so lucky we have that technology, but maybe we shouldn't jump to that first. Let's figure out how we can, you know, maintain a healthy life throughout so that we don't have to get there. Or if we get there, we get there later. Our quality of life is better. Um, We're not, you know, we're not struggling through, you know, everybody now dealing with sleep, you know, problems and, um, anxiety issues. And I mean, this is just. Oh yeah. I was just
0: having this conversation this morning with someone about someone having sleep issues that they've had for 30 years and they didn't, weren't really attributing it to what it was really about. Right. So then they, they were just trying to treat it. They were just treating it with medication. Yes. all treatment.
1: Yes. All treatment. That's and really so fascinating. for me, it is, I feel like, no, am I perfect? I eat sugar every day, <laughs> almost right. not every day, but right. I like I, it's, I could say, Oh, I I'm careful. I don't drink a lot. I don't smoke I, these things, but no, there are other things that are actually horrible that yeah. we do. And we don't think about it. We don't, You know, we don't think about what is it that I'm doing and how can I do it a little bit better?
0: Right. I mean, that's hard. I mean, even just personally, that's a personal struggle because I feel that I am aware I have done like the food intolerance test, for example, and I know that sugar in particular is my poison and yet it's really hard for me to say, I I don't want to eat that. Even it's, it's such the instant gratification versus, you know, long-term gain, um, long-term healthy gain, not weight gain, but in turn, you know, it's really hard for me to still say no, even though I know that that's what I need to do to feel better in so many mentally and physically. Right.
1: And we're all in that boat. I don't think there's anyone who can say, oh yeah, like I, I do everything that I'm, I should be doing. I, 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 you know, don't consume anything that I shouldn't be. We're human. And that's actually, kind of the beauty of it is that we're, we're all working towards being right. a little bit better to ourselves. More mindful. Yes,
0: that's right. Yeah. Treating ourselves with a little bit more self-love and compassion.
1: Yeah. And in that same, in that same sentence, not criticizing ourselves for, yes. for maybe doing something that's not so good.
0: That's a really good point. I love that. And that definitely ties in the the yoga non-judgment, right, of others and self. And there's a lot of parts in the yoga practice spiritually that um, that people get intimidated by as well. Like, what is that? What does that mean? You know, when we were off camera earlier, we were just talking about that. But tell me what, how would you approach someone that, you know, comes to you and says, well, I don't know, I'm not, you know, that kind of freaks me out. Or I'm already, I have my religion over
1: here. Right. I hear that a lot, actually. I I was just talking to someone the other day who was saying, you know, I go to yoga for the physical practice, but I don't, I kind of, I try not to hear (laughs) it, like listen to anything else that's going on. And, you know, I, I started to inquire. I said, well, why is that? You know, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, And he's like, well, I already have my set of values. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's really wonderful. But this is not, you know. I think that's one of the things that people, especially when you go into yoga class and there's chanting or there's, you know, something that feels very foreign or like you're you're doing some kind of prayer, and people are are very uncomfortable with that in general. But I, I think that the important thing to remember is that it's not religion, right? It could be for some people, but it doesn't have to be. But also that religion and I mean, again, this touchy, touchy subject, but these are not things that compete with each other. It's more of helping us look through a different lens Mm -hmm. and see a certain perspective. And so what I like to think about is how much positivity um, is associated in the lessons and the lifestyle that comes with yoga. We talk about yoga. We're not just talking about phys- physical, postures, right. Um, or even just breath. We're talking about living a certain lifestyle, one that is more compassionate and kind one that's more understanding, not only of other people, but of ourselves. Yes. And when we have, when we have time to, you know, sit in silence or, focus on our breath when we're we're doing these movements. That's when we get attuned to what's really going on and where we can see change happen within and outside. Yes, absolutely outside ourselves. So that's I think that's more the lesson in it. But a lot of times people don't want to open to that. and I think, what a shame because yeah, I
0: agree. Right. there's
1: so much. and and it's something that doesn't compete. It's really something that, can be hand in hand with whatever value system it is that a person Absolutely. carries. Absolutely. And
0: I just realized as you were speaking that it really is why I think, you know, mindfulness has been such a, a word this last That's decade, you it. know, yeah. and, but it, it really is maybe a more gentle word than spiritual practice, like a mindfulness based practice. Cause that really is what yoga right is. And, and, and I, and then it made me think of just perspective. I mean, sometimes it's just changing the lens, like you said, from the glasses half empty to the glasses half full. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a religious awakening, no. but it could be seen as a spiritual awake. You know, it, it combines, it can, it's all connected, I guess, but it made me think of, think of perspective and mindfulness and how it does change our lens if we, if we are open to it, right?
1: Correct. We have to open our minds to that. And Good. also, you know, just how we're choosing to live our lives every day. I think especially after a year like the one that we've had, the amount of stress and struggle that people have been through, there are, there are days when we're all going to have our days. Yes. But we, we have an opportunity every day to choose. Yes. How am I going to look at this day? What am I going to look for? Am I going to continue to let myself look for the negative? Right. Or am I going to start searching for the positive and live for that?
0: Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I'm so happy that you've joined us. And all of you new clients out there looking, you can find Debbie on lifechangers.info. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so fun always talking with you. It
0: is always fun.